was, and uh, hope you uh, did not get frostbite, but instead got to build snowmen and snowballs and all that good stuff. So um, before we get started, um, I want to say two things. Um, number one, again, it is not lost on me uh, that children are with us today. So this will be an abbreviated message again for all the parents. Don't you worry. And um, number two, <laughs> number two, let me also um, just acknowledge the fact that I have a special treat. Uh, my parents and sister are here today. So yeah, yeah, so got to celebrate with them too. So I'm excited about that. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and um, get started with a uh, prayer. Um, And what we're going to do is we are going to jump into a new series today. If I don't know you, my name is Rollin. I'm the uh, lead pastor here. And uh, what we have been doing is a series called Fulfilled in terms of the prophecies of Jesus that were uh, fulfilled by his life death, burial, and resurrection from the dead as attested to and predicted in the Old Testament. We're past that series now and we're preparing for the year 2018 uh, with a new series called A New Hope. And if we could put that on the screen. Yes, A New Hope. How many people have seen the Star Wars movie? Okay, yes. All right. Did you enjoy it? Okay, good. Well, the reason that this actually with this caption and A New Hope, which is actually episode four, is because of the fact that many people have commented that it's the same story retold, except this time Luke's a girl. So with that in mind, we're going to, we're going into 2018. We're going into 2018 with A New Hope, and we're going to actually understand how to do it through the Word of God. So let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your goodness towards us today. God, we thank you that you've been faithful to us in 2017. And as you've been faithful to us in 2017. God, you are already there to welcome us in 2018 and bring us into your plans, good hope, and purposes for our lives. So God, we're asking that you would be here with us today, that you would open your word to us and help us to love you in a greater capacity. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. Before I forget, um, just again to seed it to you, um, next week uh, we're going to begin our clothing drive. So if you got clothing for Christmas and have clothing that you're trying to get rid of, again, we're trying to bless the community that's in need throughout the Chicago area uh, by having a clothing drive where we partner with different ministries within the city to provide for those uh, who are in need. So again, as you're doing some early spring cleaning, if you do have some extra clothing that you'd like to pass on, please do start to pack it up those glad bags that do not rip and um, bring it to the uh, church. We'll be collecting those to pass on to the ministries, okay? So let's begin with um, uh, the Word of God today. Matthew chapter 2, we're going back to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, because according to the historic uh, Christian calendar, today is actually Epiphany Sunday. Today is Epiphany Sunday, where we're celebrating the revelation of Jesus, where he was being revealed to the Magi who were visiting after seeing the star appear over the place of his birth, and they came to actually worship him in his stead. And so what we see in Matthew 20, um, 2, verses 1, is it starts reading the story of the Magi this way. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, 
are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when, they were in, um, when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly <clears throat> with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So all of a sudden, when we talk about a new hope, we all of a sudden talk about a new year and the expectations that we have for a new year. Everybody's starting with their New Year's resolutions. I hope that many of you have your list already made, things that you're going to do differently in terms of health, things that you're going to do differently in terms of relationships, things that you're going to do differently with your time and your pursuits, things that you prioritize in your life. But whenever we look at this particular scripture, what we see is two things that we need to have to have a new hope. Because whenever we talk about God, a lot of times we talk about him in a way where we put all of the ownness on God, but we do nothing on our part to actually come into the new hope that he has for us. And so we're expecting new things. We're expecting to be freed from addictions. We're expecting to be freed from fears. We're expecting to come into his plans and purposes in his life. But a lot of times we say, God, I'm going to wait here until you do it. But God's saying, I'm waiting on you to meet me in my plans and purposes. And so what we have to do to come into the new hope that God has for us is two things. We need to come into the new year with planning and prayer planning and prayer. And just to give you a little foreshadowing of next week, we're going to continue that theme with the new hope and by actually talking about prayer and fasting. So you see the axis on which we're turning is prayer in both points, but today is planning and prayer, and next week is prayer and fasting. We're going to talk about that if you've never done that before. And so what we see is that the first lesson that we can learn from the Magi in terms of planning is that you prioritize what you plan. You prioritize what you plan. Whenever the Magi were coming from the east, what we see is contextually there were people who were coming from more than likely the Persian kingdom, modern-day Iran, or at the very least Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. And whenever they were coming to worship the king, it's not that they were already Jewish believers or Christian people as we would know them yet, but they were surrounded in the Jewish diaspora by Jews that had been dispersed during the persecutions, during the judgments of God, and they spread out with their synagogues into the known world at the time. And as the Jews spread out into the known world, what began to happen is they began to share with the surrounding peoples, just like Christians do today, the stories of the Messiah and the stories of the coming Christ, the stories of the coming King. And these wise men or the Magi who were known to be people of scholarship, they were known to be people of magic arts, they were known to be people who resided in a priestly uh, fashion in their areas, they heard of these stories and whenever they heard of a king or the king who was coming, they made plans to worship him. 
They made plans to actually force their time and force their resources and force their efforts around the worship of the king who was coming. But when you think about it, it wasn't just like us bundling up like the, what was his name, uh, Frankie in the uh, Christmas story. What was, was that his name, B? For, what was, anybody see the Christmas story? It's on probably about like five times like a day. Like, you know, over TNT. Ralphie, thank you. Ralphie, you remember the Christmas story with Ralphie and like him bundling up? We actually had a picture of that of one of our kids today, like um, this uh, particular Christmas season where they were on the floor, like rolling around, couldn't move, you know, but it's like Ralphie. But the thing is, is that it wasn't just um, them preparing and getting out into the snow to come to a service to worship as we do, but Jerusalem at that time was about 900 miles 900 miles away from the Persian Empire or away from Iraq, wherever they would have been receiving this good news of great joy that we celebrate during the Christmas season. So to come and worship God, there was some planning that had to go into it. To worship God, there was some effort that had to go into it. It wasn't them just rolling out of bed or pressing their app for an Uber to come and pick them up and lift them over to the place where God was going to be. It was them saying, if God is going to be a priority in my life, I've got to in advance be spiritual enough to plan for it i've got to be spiritual enough to plan for the things that are going to be a priority in my life most times because god is spirit we think that he's a wind that blows to and fro and that we just receive inspiration in a moment to come and receive him as he is but the good news is is that god whenever he meets with us whenever he interacts with us it's based on a plan that he's had from eternity past And God, when he came as a baby in the form of Jesus, he came because he had a plan and fulfilled that plan that he made in terms of redeeming the world. In the same way, for the new hope that he wants to bring us into, if we're going to engage him as he is, he expects us to make a plan as well. Proverbs 16.3 actually says it this way. He says, listen, anything that we, if we make plans, we need to commit them to the Lord. And whatever we commit to the Lord, that is going to be established or in another translation he says that thing is going to succeed and I don't know about you but 2017 had a whole lot of whiffs for me anybody planned some things that didn't come to fruition because it didn't have enough planning I remember the five p's that one of my pastors used to always tell me about he says Roland um, proper planning prevents poor performance Proper planning prevents poor performance, right? And if you plan, then you're going to have a better chance of succeeding if you commit that what you're planning to God. And if we're prioritizing worship in 2018, it needs to come with a plan to do so. Now, what do we see that the uh, Magi came with a plan to do? Well, it's all demonstrated in the gifts that they brought. Whenever you are coming to worship or you are coming to pay homage to a superior back in ancient times, you didn't come just lackadaisically like many of us do. Many of us come to church as if it's an arbitrary thing or it's something that's not that important. We come, you know, rolling out of bed with the gunk still in our eyes, maybe need to pop a tic-tac because we didn't have time to brush our teeth. And let me tell you something, God himself wants something
something greater in our devotion. God wants us to actually prepare for worship as if we were coming before the king and not before somebody we just met off the street. And what we see is when we come in worship, the Magi came bearing gifts. They came with gold, incense, frankincense, and myrrh. And the priority of these things was powerful. We know that Jesus talks about the treasures that we have. He says, don't store up treasure for yourself on earth where rust, I always say wrath and must. No, but it's actually rust and moth destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither rust nor moth can destroy nor thieves can break in and steal because where your treasure is there your heart will be also the first thing that the um the magi came to do is they planned to come and actually not offer just their gold to god but in essence they were offering their heart to him saying i'm coming and i'm making a plan to attach that which is material to me to my heart and offer it in worship to him i'm making a plan to do so but it was also the frankincense The frankincense were the fragrances that were offered up during worship times. You see, even in the book of Revelation, that there is constant incense going up before the throne of God, and it's the prayers of the saints that are a pleasing aroma to him, that are pleasing his heart and enabling him to connect with his people, that his people might accomplish his purposes in the earth. So they were planning to not only give God their hearts, they were planning to give God their worship. They weren't just planning to give God their worship, but what did the myrrh represent? The myrrh was utilized during biblical times for burials and for death to make sure that the dead bodies, once wrapped up in the tomb, didn't stink immediately. And so what we see is even an understanding from these pagan people, uh, an understanding that this Jesus who was born king of the Jews was not just king of the Jews, but he was king of the Gentiles as well. They were of the Gentile class that were coming to worship him. And he wasn't just born in a manger, but he was in fact born to die. And it was a prophetic picture that from the very beginning, I'm participating in the gospel. I'm participating in the myrrh that would eventually be wrapped around him in the tomb so that when he was resurrected from the dead, he would come in glory and power. They planned for the gospel. They planned to participate in the gospel and gospel work. And so in going into 2018, part of the new hope that we need to have is if I need a transformation in my heart, I need to plan for it. I need to say, God, I'm going to mark out time for you. Just as the uh, Magi spent time and got a caravan together and spent long hours and days, it probably took them months to travel those 900 miles to the place of Christ's birth. They said, I'm planning for time to worship you. And when I come to worship you, I'm coming with my best, I'm coming with my heart, and I'm coming in a place that I'm going to participate in your gospel. I'm not just going to hear the stories about who you are, what you've done, or what you've come to accomplish. I myself am coming ready to participate in it, and I'm coming with a plan to do so. This is what we can learn from the Magi. Whenever we see that, we see that then we have the expectation. Then God can do something 
something new in our heart. Then we have the realization of Isaiah 42.9 where God Himself was announcing to the Israelites, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. I want to do a new thing, God says. I'm telling you from times of old, I want to do a new thing in your health. I want to do a new thing in your mind and your emotional state. I want to do a new thing in your relationships. But just as I've planned for it, I need you to plan for me to actually meet you in these places by availing yourself to me with a plan. Now, it's not just planning, but it's actually prayer that's attached to the planning. The lesson from Proverbs not only tells us that we should commit whatever we plan to the Lord if we want it to succeed, but Matt Chandler, a a pastor, part of the Acts 29 movement, if you've heard of uh, a movement of churches, he actually said this, we don't see or hear or personally experience the power of God because we have constructed lives for ourselves that don't require it. People have often said, I have not heard God in my life. I've not experienced God's power in my life. I've not experienced His purpose through, our lot, through my life. And the truth of the matter is, is that go, though God's strong, sovereign, and divine, He will allow you to live without Him if you choose to. He will allow you to live without His interaction if you choose to. And whenever we don't hear from him, whenever we don't experience him, it's because we've constructed lies for ourselves that don't require him. But when prayer is introduced, when you both plan for worship of him and you plan for, to be involved in his purposes, then prayer brings you into a place where you're daily submitted to him and say, God, whatever I'm planning, whatever I'm hoping to accomplish, the new hope that I hope to see in my life, God, it's all got to come through you. And this is where the prayer and fasting comes about. Again, there's going to be a guide for you on the website. There's going to be a guide for you on the uh, social media outlets that we have so that if you've never prayed before and fasted before, believing God for breakthrough or new things in your life, then we're going to have a Bible study and guide that walks you through that, going through the book of Ephesians along the theme of being found in Christ. That's what we want to do in 2018, be found in Christ. And it also gives you prayer points even for the new year as a ministry, a broader ministry or a part of a broader ministry called Every Nation, a church planting ministry that plants churches in in the nations, and you can pray alongside of us as we believe for new works to get started in this new year. But as we pray, what we're really doing is we're positioning our hearts to say, God, if you don't move on my behalf, nothing's going to happen that's significant and good. Brennan Manning, he actually wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel, Good News for the Bedraggled, Beat Up, and Burnt Out. How many people have ever heard that book before? Okay, if you haven't heard of the book before, how many people can identify with that? Feeling bedraggled, beat up, and burnt out from life at times. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. You cannot. I know you're tired now. So here's the thing. He says this in this, um, in this book. He said, the word we study, it can't just be about the word being exposed to the word of God. He said, the word we study has to be the word we actually pray. The word we study has to be the word we pray. My personal experience of the relentless tenderness of God came not from exegetes, theologians, and spiritual writers, but from sitting still in the presence of the living word and beseeching him to help me understand with my head 
and heart His written Word. Sheer scholarship alone cannot reveal to us the Gospel of grace. We must never allow the authority of books, institutions, or leaders to replace the authority of knowing Jesus Christ personally and directly. When the religious views of others interpose between us and the primary experience of Jesus as the Christ, we become unconvicted and unpersuasive travel agents handing out brochures to places we have never visited. He says, this isn't just a story. This isn't just a kingdom from a far off time. He said the kingdom is near, the kingdom is here, the kingdom is now, and it's not just talk, but it's power. Power to transform lives. Power to renew a mind. Power to heal a body. Power to set a life on course for eternal purposes. This is what God's called us into but you've got to plan your life around the worship of him. And you've got to plan not only to read his word or even in a setting like this to be exposed to his word, but actually pray it through that he might empower you to live it after you leave this place. When you talk about prayer, you need to talk about the things that you're believing God for. You need to talk about the things that you're believing God for and your personal faith goals, things that you're believing God for in your family things that you're believing God for in your education and career, things that you're believing God for in your ministry. All of these things come about as you say, I'm going into the new year with a new hope because God wants to do a new thing. And what we see is that God will meet us there if we meet him there in faith. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 says it this way. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding that's difficult in our self-made worlds is it not that's difficult when we feel like we come from areas and arenas where we have to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and god says listen i've given you the strength for that but i'm telling you i've got something greater for you something of greater significance and purpose, eternal in nature. He says, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. See, sin always has consequences, does it not? And sin is practically not just rebellion against God or lawlessness, but it's also classically defined as missing the mark. God has his commands, his statutes, his ways, his purposes. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he's prepared in advance for us to do. Once again, referring to the planning of God. When we miss those things, it not only is a detriment to us, it's a detriment to those who surround us. Whether it be family members, friends, co-workers, communities, or society as a whole. 
But when we acknowledge God in all of our ways, he says, listen, I'm happy. I'm pleased to give you the kingdom. I'm happy to walk with you. You draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. You carve out time for me, I'll carve out time for you. I will restore your bedraggled, burnt out, and burdened soul. He said, I'm the balm of Gilead who comes to heal you. I'm the one who comes to direct you. I'm the one who comes to establish you in the things I've called you to do. So that, so much so that you can't be moved even in the midst of opposition or in the midst of challenge because you know that I'm the one who's authored this and I'm the one who's going to back you up. These are the things that God wants to prepare for you in 2018. It's a new hope by being grounded in him. A man named Oswald Chambers, again, who I've referenced throughout the past series, he actually wrote a good devotional. Again, I commend to you, it's called My Utmost for His Highest. And he actually said this about making plans and prayer. He says, don't make plan, I'm sorry, rather, don't plan without God. God seems to have a delightful way of upsetting the plans we have made when we have not taken him into account. We get ourselves into circumstances that were not chosen by God, And suddenly we realize that we have been making our plans without him. That we have not even considered him to be a vital, living factor in the planning of our lives. And yet the only thing that will keep us from even the possibility of worrying is to bring God in as the greatest factor in all of our planning. And that only comes through prayer. And it's not individual prayer alone, but it's community prayer as we see through both the Old Testament and New Testament. Here you planning for your individual life through prayer, but also through prayer, God revealing his purposes to the communities of faith through that same times of consecration, that same time of God, we're here and we don't want to make plans without you. Unless you build the house, we're going to labor in vain. Unless you keep watch over the city, we're going to keep watching in vain. Early we rise up and go to bed late at night, striving and toiling for food to eat. But God said he grants sleep, God Almighty, he grants sleep to those he loves. Isn't that good news? Yes, even in the age of Netflix and binge-watching, he grants sleep to those he loves. Why? Because we know that all of our plans are established as we have our times established in him. So a new hope doesn't come from pithy quotes. A new hope doesn't come from empty sentiment. A new hope doesn't come through affirmations that are made in the new year. And I only say that because as you go on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, your social media feed, you'll find all types of good pick-me-ups for the new year. How many people have already gotten a list of them? How many people have already sent some out yourself? Okay, so here's the thing about it. The only thing that's going to be substantive, the only thing that's going to have meat behind it, and the only thing that's going to empower you to have a new hope to actually live differently in your relationship with your spouse, to live differently in your relationship with your children, to actually be set free in your mind and your heart from depression or fears, things that have been a spirit of heaviness. He said in Isaiah, I'm coming to give you a spirit of gladness and joy, the oil of gladness I'll pour on you. The things that are supernatural and real and tangible can only be done not through those quotes, but actually through an encounter with the living God. And if you plan for it, he'll meet you there. If you pray it, he'll actually continue to meet you as he leads you into his purposes. 
So 2018 is about that new hope, and we're going to establish it there. Next week, we're going to talk about prayer and fasting and how, as a community, we can do that together. Again, we'll also talk about how to do it in a healthy manner if you've never done it before how to do it medically in a healthy manner. Obviously, we'll tell you to consult your physician if you're pregnant, nursing, or on any particular type of medication that would um, preclude that. But we want to say that we're going to, as a community, come together and believe God for a breakthrough, a new life, and a new hope in 2018. Amen? Kids, you are so good. Can we give it up for our kids? (laughs) They are so good. So good. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness towards us today. And God, we thank you that you have given us a game plan for the new hope and the new life that you have for us. But it doesn't come about arbitrarily. It doesn't come about uh, just through our wishful thinking. It comes about through us planning according to your word and through a life submitted to you in prayer. God, we pray that you begin to speak to us now, individually and as a community of faith, of the good things, the new life, the new hope, the new fruitfulness that you want to bring us into as a people as we go into 2018. And God, help us in Jesus' name to live by faith because you're good, you're strong, and you're able. In Jesus' name, amen.